All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of PBK Perspectives. Uh, I'm joined by a fellow Franciscan grad, a, um, you know, he's, he's starting to become, I think, one of the young legends in the Catholic media game. I'll, I'll give him that for now. We'll see, we'll see where it takes off. He's head of uh, Church Military Resistance. He's sort of leading this new charge. He's got a lot going on. I'm excited to hear more about him, his story, uh, what he's doing over at Church Militant. And we're going to talk about a lot of things, but Joe Gallagher, thanks for coming on, bro. Hey, Amigo, thanks for having me. I'll take, I'll take Blossoming Legend for right now. Well, yeah, we'll see what the Holy Spirit does. <laughs> yeah, well, the thing is, is, you know, last time I had on Kyle Bear, that's a, he's a certified legend, obviously. Oh, Kyle's an absolute love Kyle. In terms of Catholic media, how many young guys are there really, you know? So I think maybe all of us are just going to have to become legends in order for this thing to work out. Duty calls. Duty yeah. calls. <laughs> All right, so Joe, I'd like to give a little icebreaker uh, question just to start out. Uh, it's more for me than anyone else, I think. Um, I like to you know, ask the movie thing, favorite dish. I asked Kyle if he could put a saint as a street fighter, You know, which one would he choose? It's an interesting one, I know. I wanted to use it again, but I was like, I don't know. So I'm gonna roll with this one. Um, if you could make any celebrity Catholic, you can convert anybody you wanted to. They're alive right now, though. I mean, it'd be nice to have like Michael Jackson or something like that, but we'll keep it for right now. Who's alive? Who are you choosing and why? Drake. Drake. Make Drake Catholic. Okay, that was quick. Why is that? He's, first off, music is definitely the most influential. You can. It's a lot easier for a musician to do a little bit of acting than it is for an actor to go and dive into music. Uh, and music is really, it's one of those unifiers my, uh, my, my major at, at Stuby at Franciscan University of Steubenville was clinical psychology. And instead of doing a thesis, I chose to do a, a seminar, it's a verbal presentation. And mine was actually on the effects of music uh, on the chemicals within the brain. And the research that came out of that was so fascinating. And, and one of them being, it really is a unifier. When somebody subjectively f- finds a piece of, muse- of, of music subjectively pleasing, it releases... Uh, serotonin, dopamine within the brain makes them happy. It drops your guard. And Drake being the most popular uh, musician right now on the planet, let's be honest, uh, a majority of people find his music subjectively pleasing. So if he were to start dropping uh, songs that were inherently Catholic, I think that that would be a massive, massive uh, push towards uh, towards reason and, you know, towards the faith, all that is good, true and beautiful, but 100% Drake music has the biggest punch more than mainstream media, more than Hollywood and movies. It's music. I like the strat there. I think you're trying to reach as many people possible. It's a good one. Uh, when I was thinking about this question, cause I really just thought of it like right before I just got in the shower right before this, I was thinking about what question I'd ask you. And I was like, you know, Kanye feels easy, but then I was like, he would be the kind of guy That'd be like talking about Latin mass and the next month he's with a 22 year old in Miami. And you're like, ah, <laughs> Kanye's too erratic. Like you, you don't yeah, know what you're going to get from no way. So then this is why I landed on though. This is the fascinating part. I think, um, I landed on Matthew McConaughey and, uh, it's because he's become this sort of like somewhat voice of reason. And it's always the guys that are just sort of, uh, the moderates, you know, that just say something like, you know, somewhat true. And then it's like, oh, wow, look at this guy. He's a, he's a real advocate for free speech or something like that. Um, but I just like him. He's, he's an insane actor. I've always I liked him. Yeah, so I, I think I, uh, he's got a real sort of charisma towards him. And then like, it would kind of make, I don't know, it's not something too obvious. You know what I mean? Like, oh yeah, let's do Kanye or Trump. 
So I don't know. It felt like a nice little dark horse candidate as a Catholic. And maybe <laughs> maybe it could happen. You know what I mean? It's not like too far off, possibly. You could hear. I can hear the commercials now while he's drinking his whiskey. He's talking about Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I think that was a good one. I like the Drake stuff. Let's get into uh, your story. Let's get into how you got to where you are today. We can talk about as much as you want to. Uh, I am curious, though. I always like to do a little progression figure out like what is your childhood like what's your faith family like that environment and then all the way to where you are today okay well where, where do you geez louise um i know we were talking a little bit beforehand i'm like yeah, you know miko you're probably gonna have to tame me in real reel me in a little bit because I'll, I'll talk and talk and talk um really just my story i think that the, the obvious the obvious factors uh you know uh, obviously childhood is very influential as somebody grows up and and it, it's it measures it gauges it forms them as to how they're going to interact and, and view the world i grew up with a single mother uh single child um but thankfully when i was about nine years old i found this pretty cool apostolate called saint michael's media and uh we we're flipping through tv channels one day my mom and i as we ordered some pizza and on channel 13 detroit Te- public television wadl there is this guy holding a sword talking about hell and i, I think i was nine and uh, yeah, we were captivated. We just sat and we watched and some type of, you know, God incidents occurred where my mom was shopping for something for St. Francis of Assisi at this Catholic bookstore and out walks the guy that we were just watching on TV two weeks earlier. And she said, oh my gosh, my son and I watched, it was really great. You know, you, you talked about hell and it captivated a nine-year-old and a single mother. Like, like this is amazing. What solid Catholic content. And uh you know, Mike Voris invited us to check out the studio and start attending the live audience, One True Faiths. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was a really big blessing being able to start coming into St. Michael's Media, the 501c3 arm of the website, churchmilitant.com, uh, and, and really start learning the faith from a really, really young age. And it, it was very helpful. I, I, I think that uh, you know, it's, it's, it, when you know what's right and what's wrong, you're able to learn it from people who are actively living the faith, not just Michael, but of course, you know, our chief of staff here, Simon Rafe, he was there all the way at the beginning, our head of development, Susan Vance, and some other people as well, who have stayed throughout the years, you start to find a very solid group of Catholics. And, uh, you know, they they become great role models, great teachers. Uh, and that, that helped me a lot. Obviously, it didn't help me too much. You know, I went to, went to high school. Uh, obviously I, I went to, I, you're, you're a teenager. I mean, I don't know how many teenagers are able to adhere to the straight and narrow as well as, as, as well as their parents obviously want them to. Uh, and then I went off to college at Franciscan university. That was, uh, that was awesome. I really believe that saved me. I really, really do, you know, starting to dabble in some things that weren't super great, you know, alcohol, drugs, blah, 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 all of the things that are considered cool within the world, but are absolutely diabolical when you actually put on the Catholic lens. And even in, into my time at Franciscan, it was a rocky start. I ended up, uh, I got my girlfriend at the time pregnant, uh, blessed be God. We chose to keep the baby and, uh, you know, and, uh, have a three-year-old daughter who was absolutely beautiful. That was interesting. You know, being at Franciscan considered one of like the, uh, you know, literal city on a hill and Stubie is literally on a hill and you know, where all of the, the Catholic of the Catholics go. And then here's this one guy walking around and like, Oh, he's got a kid. Like he's got a child. Like, Oh my gosh. But you know, that's something that you embrace. It's something that you lean into 
because obviously the child isn't isn't the problem. It's it's you know it's the sin and the sins have have consequences. Nobody lives in a vacuum, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's really beautiful. And I know this ties into something else that we talked about on the phone earlier. It's beautiful what happens when somebody embraces their mistakes and faults and really tries to move forward. There's no hiding in the shadows. There's no leaving anything up to question. It's yes, this is my life. I did some things that were not super great. And, but then you learn from it and you're able to grow and embrace it. And, you know, blessed be God for it because, uh, you know, 99% of people don't come back. 99% of people that do choose to start partaking in a life of sin, uh, they don't return and they, and they don't care to because they don't have people around them who would, who, would, uh, who would encourage them to come back. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, there's so much to take away from there. Um, <laughs> I could only, I mean, I'm not, I can't relate to a lot of it, but I like at least sort of the idea of being the um, sort of parent at a young age and how people can perceive and sort of the reception because <laughs> Francis is an interesting place, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of different types of people and um, you know, we didn't get a chance to really meet or, or talk too much. Um, but we have mutual uh, friends, we have mutual. Yeah, mutual friends. And it's just interesting because, you know, anytime I see people like that, um, you know, especially young parents, it's like, you know, my, my parents had three kids by age of 24. Right. So it's like, you know, I've, I'm very, very used to, to that. And they weren't even married in the church. They married, got married in a Baptist church. Cause it was like, I guess I don't even know what happened there, but, um, so I always have this lens of understanding my family, right. And, and sort of their, my own origin and their origins and sort of taking that and looking out to people. And then as someone who went to like public school, my whole life as well. And, you know, I had a, we had a program in my high school where, you know, moms could like drop off their kids and stuff like that. And like students would go and help with the baby and stuff. So it's just interesting to hear those things. But I personally, I guess what I'm saying is I always just find it, you know, really inspiring to the fact that like, Hey, they kept the baby and like they're, you know, they're getting after it and they're, they're taking yeah. it on, you know what I mean? They're taking on their responsibility. That's, that's it. You know, you, you, uh, there's something to be said, obviously, I'm not encouraging people to, you know, embrace the oh, happy fault uh, notion to the point of being like, yeah, I'll just, you know, kind of do my own thing for a little bit. And then when I'm 42, I'll, I'll come back to the faith and, and, the, and then skate by. But there is something to be said about people who have been in the world and of the world uh, coming back. Uh, there, God makes straight out of crooked lines. There's a silver lining with everything and uh, it, it just adapts, you know, the melody of the salvific plan adapts and it changes tune just enough to uh, incorporate that uh, out of tune uh, pluck in the melody, of course, that being sin. And, uh, you know, that, that it is really helpful because it gives people an experience and it also allows you to talk to people in a different way who aren't in the church. You can say, dude, I've been there. I get it. I know exactly what you're talking, what you're going through, because I've lived that myself. Here's how I got out. Yeah. I, I, I mean, those are the people that I'm, I've always been more interested in. I, I talked to you on the phone, how like my goal has always been to be the person that I needed in high school. And what I didn't need was somebody who just had this miraculous sort of moment in adoration, because that was never going to appeal to me. What I needed was somebody who had like tried everything of the world basically and was like hey this is not it right and even though those are basically like my parents you got to hear it from someone else you know what i mean (laughs) most of the time in order for it to stick so you know i just i guess i just bring that up because 
we need more of those examples, you know what I mean? And there's a lot of awesome, you know, there's some young people I've watched on like Pints with Aquinas, like Swan, Sona, I think his name is. It's just like, like we're not going to be that guy. That guy's like way too smart. I mean, he's above all of us, like intellectually. Mm-hmm. And he, he's amazing at some of the things that he does, you know, but um, there's just, there's, you know, we're a universal church. So there's room for all of the broken individuals to show. And that's always what I've been interested in. Um, but the Voris thing is also very interesting as well. Um, I guess I'm trying to segue this in a smooth way here, but it was interesting because my dad interviewed Yeah, Voris. hard right. Just, yeah, yeah I just right. got to go for it. <laughs> my dad interviewed Voris. That was like the most successful video we had, like 10K views, right? And um, as I was telling you, I think we find ourselves in the similar uh, area of the, of the church, which I hate to put on sort of like a spectrum, but that's just kind of the reality of the situation. Um, so it's just funny now that, you know, now I'm interviewing you or whatever. Um, can you talk a little bit about church militant in two different lights? I feel like there's always a sort of aura around church militant from certain people. And then there's like, who you guys actually are, right? I mean, that's just kind of how everything's going to be. It's the same way that, you know, Bishop Barron has an interesting aura now <laughs> than he, than he kind of used to. So uh, could you kind of explain what is it that Church Mil- church Militant really does, what you guys about, maybe a little bit about Voris if you'd like, I mean, feel like it's appropriate, and then sort of where this maybe perhaps stigma or other stuff kind of comes from? Well, I mean, I, yeah, you know, you, Thank God that you obviously adhere to the faith and, and World Ablaze is a solid Catholic outlet. But I think the, the church militant MO, for the most part, of course, you have to apply nuance where nuance is necessary. But the church militant MO is you're going to be the same everywhere. You know, if, if this was Rachel Maddow, even though that would be a ton of views, I don't know if I would ever want to be interviewed by her. Uh it, you, you, you speak the same. You adhere to the truth the same exact way. Uh, and, and you're just as fearless about it, whether you're in good company or in bad. And this ties in with church militant, because what does that mean? It means that you aren't always going to be, uh, you're, not, you're not appealing to the emotions of the person that is receiving your message. You're just not. Well, why would you? You know, emotions are secondary to the intellect and to the will. So this is something that needs to be brought to you by reason, especially in a world that's poisoning, or I'm sorry, especially in a Catholic culture where a majority of the hierarchy is poisoning the faithful or starving them of the information that they need. It's this idea of like, oh, just be nice. You know, we don't want to offend them. We just did a story. Excuse me. We just did a story uh, on our uh, evening news about, you know, uh, Cardinal Joseph Tobin out of Newark talking about, you know, the rhetoric about homosexuality and the catechism needs to be less you know, insulting. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, absolutely, it doesn't. The truth is insulting. The cross is insulting. It's a contradiction. It's offensive. Why? Because it is burning the sin out of the person hearing the truth. And it's up to the person's will to accept it or to reject it. And whether or not they choose to do so uh, is, is, whether, is how much control they have over their emotions. You know, so you can't be nice. You can't cater to a person's emotions. That's not what we're called to do. Now, in certain 
discussions, you might find it most uh, advantageous to have an honest discussion and be open and say, oh, you know, I don't want to say this in a manner that's going to just hear me out. You know, that type of idea of like, let me, let me couch it where I can. But at the end of the day, the truth is the truth. Homosexuality, for example, intrinsically disordered. It just is. When you commit the sin of sodomy, it is one of these sins that cries out to heaven for vengeance. The peccata clemencia, another one, abortion. You can't, you can't couch these things because then what you're doing is you're shrouding the truth. And that, does, that is another problem because on one side, as a, duty, as, your, as a Catholic, it is your duty to preach the truth. And as the person you're speaking to, they have a right to know it. So what a vi- what a what a uh, what a violation that is to uh, to uh, against the, the the commandment uh, you know from from Christ to go you know preach the gospel to the ends of the earth. It, it's a complete rejection of that for what? Just so that you feel a little bit better about that person not being mad at you, so that that person doesn't you know hate you as much. So people are going to have a problem with that with church militant, but. You know, we, we do our best to, uh, to toe the line where we can because th- it requires nuance. That's the word. That's the word in winning back the culture. That's the word in saving souls is it's nuance. You have to understand how to speak and when to speak it. But the one constant is that is you're speaking the truth and it's clear. You don't leave the room with them wondering what you meant. They understand it. Sorry, I, I told you, dude, I'll go, I'll go on. Oh, those are perfect. I mean, I could think of like three reels in there that I could post after that. <laughs> um, Just tag me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I got you. No, I mean, that, that's all perfect. Like I said, I mean, I, I believe you guys do obviously just such, such great work and it's so needed, obviously, in our, in our, in our media because Us we can't are. just have, um, you know, we're on fire and we can't just have Taylor Marshall with his... 300,000 subscribers or pints with Aquinas. We need, like like I said, when we have such a universal church, it has to represent each side. And then we need people who are going to do some of the harder work, people, some of the work that people don't want to do, which is, you know, sometimes having to reveal um, some harsh realities and harsh truths about the people that we love or the people that we look up to. And so, you know, I just wanted to give you at least a chance. I mean, I don't know. I really doubt we have listeners who are like, oh, wow, I was this guy from Church Militant. But I just gave you the opportunity to talk about it. You know? No, I appreciate it, dude. You, but, you know, that's kind of the there is this question of, you know, when do you air the dirty laundry, per se? You know, and uh, but you when you start working in it every day, like we do here, you really understand how unbelievably deep this goes and how thick this web of corruption is within the church. I mean, it is shocking the things that we cover every day and that we're talking that we talk about every day. In fact, it's so shocking people that have been doing this for years and have been around it for years, even every now and then those people at church militant will take a step back and be like, hold a minute, hold, hold on. Are we actually reporting this? This is real, right? You know, a, a priest really did perform this devil worshiping ritual on this version. We're like, th- this is a thing like we have that, that is actually sworn affidavits. That's a legal case right now. That, that rape is actually a legal case. And it's just so shocking. And you, you, have, to, you have to reveal it at those points because it, there has been an obvious systemic cover-up. And this idea of like, okay, one bad crooked bishop goes out. Well, he's been grooming three potential people to come bring them in as he leaves or the other people do. You, you, you can't just let it be in the silence. 
anymore. And we're seeing the fruits of leaving it in silence right now. You see it in Germany with their synodal veg talking about this idea of, you know, women deacons and homosexuality. Cardinal Hollerick, the, uh, the, 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 uh, I think secretary general is his name. He's of Luxembourg. The, uh, he's the archbishop of Luxembourg. The entire country is an entire archdiocese. He, he refuses to one of my resistance uh, people were, uh, were able to uh, record this, uh, this statement. He refuses to separate the human identity from sexuality. How twisted is that? It's, and that's a cardinal that's leading one of, one of the most popular and talked about uh, synods uh, today. Yeah, there's, there's a need for uncovering this because you're not just going to have crooked rhetoric and then just be on the straight and narrow behind the, se- the closed doors. If your theology is bad, well, your behavior is going to be negative also, or you're just afraid. Yeah, I, I, one of the things, so I was going to ask you about the resistance, so we could hold off for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because as, I mean, you, as, you bring on, as you bring on some of these, you know, I, when you talk about working into this stuff, right, every day, revealing it, I'm somebody that, like, High school, man, I was, I was listening to Ben Shapiro every day, man. I was just involved because 2016, end of my sophomore year, beginning of my junior year, that's a Trump time, right? And I was like, I got to be equipped, dude. I'm at a public school. I'm, I'm one of, you know, 30 people or, you know, one of four people in my class out of 30 that, that consider themselves conservative, right? So it's like, I got to be on the defensive at all times. So I started consuming this stuff and I was getting all over it. And, you know, I wanted to be the Brown Steven Crowder or something like that. I was that. <laughs> you know, some, some, some weird version of that eventually. And then, you know, started uh, my freshman year of Franciscan, I was a pol- political science major. And I realized that you could basically only be a lawyer if you want to do that. And I was like, mm, I'm, a, I'm all right, I think. And then it just got to a point where I was consuming so much that I'm naturally an anxious person, dude. Naturally, I'm a super anxious guy. I'm just a lot of weird, weird tendencies. I have this new thing where, like, if I get a new piece of clothing, I feel like I have to get one out. I like to keep my, like, sneakers to a certain limit. I just have weird things like that, right? And so when I start to dive into this stuff too much, me, my dad, my brother, as, you know, people who believe in just anger and stuff like that, we can almost, you know, I think have a little too much just anger at some of the things going on in the church, um, and so as someone who's working in it every single day, like, how do you maintain that sense of peace and to continue, continue that fight? Because there's a lot of people, I mean, especially during the COVID time, right? When you're holding back the sacraments from a lot of people and then they look and they're like, I don't know, SSPX though is over there and they're, they're giving everyone. And then people are telling you, oh no, don't go there and treating them like Orthodox. So there's just all this stuff, right? It's constantly like, how do you know what is right? And then when you're in this space and you're like looking at a lot of stories that we would literally pass out at, I bet. And the more that we looked at it, it would be harder and harder to try to like stay strong. How do you do it? Oh man. Well, first off, I don't know if I always do. I don't know if anybody here always does. Um, Voris is called, you know, your church world is kind of the trauma unit of the church. You know, uh, it's or the law and order SVU like unit of the church because of the, the information that you, that you uncover and you oftentimes end up having to relay in order to affect change. But now this is something I was actually talking with one of my uh, team members about earlier today. You know, there, there's so many different buckets going on that, you know, if you pour all, pour them all into one single cauldron, you stir it up and you know, what's the result? Well, some of these buckets, you, you consider, you consider resistance. So resistance are Catholic gra- activists, grassroots, uh, 
initiative throughout the country. We'll talk more about it later, but we have solid Catholics throughout the country wanting to affect change. Okay. That's, that's bucket one. And then you have the, all of the frustrating things happening in the world today. And then you have your spiritual life. And, uh, when I became, when I, when I found out I was a father, uh, the, uh, the, the point that hit me the most was this notion that a lifeguard needs to be able to swim better than the person they're saving. I now, as a father, am responsible for another human being's soul. So I got to wake up and cut the crap and be able to get myself to heaven if I have any hope to get my daughter to heaven. So likewise, in a sense, if we want to lead resistance well, if we want to make sure that other Catholics who have signed up because they agreed with our mission here at Church Militant and Church Militant's resistance. If we want to lead them well, we need to swim better than they do. We need to swim better than the 75-year-old woman who prays four rosaries a day. We need to be better than the father of six who is, you know, you know I don't know, working trades all day. The blue-collar father of six is working trades all day, and he's able to offer up this, this wonderful suffering. We need to be better than the religion teacher that is teaching the faith to a whole bunch of the future generation. And so we have to be better than them, but then you look or not better than them. I, I should say we need to strive to be as holy as we can so that we are an example for them. So they can look to us and say, wow, yes, I, that's a person I will get behind. That is a person that I will follow because it's not the person they're abiding in so closely allegiance to the magisterium, to Holy Mother Church. And that ties in with that third bucket of the spiritual life. Obviously, who does it best? Who's par excellence? It's Our Lady. It's Mama Mary. And you look at like the stages of the unit of uh, the stages of the spiritual life. You've got the purgative phase where you're starting to hate your sin. You're rejecting it. You don't want to do it anymore. You re you're so remorseful for what is what you've been doing in your life. And some people small few will make it into the illuminative phase where you start seeing God's glory in all of creation. And you're so thankful that you can see it and you're overjoyed. You're all hyped up. Oh my gosh, there you think there's God. You see the mountains and you think of our Lord, you see the clouds, the sky, you see human beings, you understand the interactions. You're like, wow, God is so good. But then the dark night of the soul hits, which could last years. You think of mother Teresa of Calcutta, you, you, uh, you, the dark night where you just don't feel God at all. You, you have lost all sense of him in all of creation, blah, blah, blah. Well, what is that? That's God pulling away your ability to see him, see his glory in creation. So that once you're completely desolate, then he could say, here I am, as I am, I am not the mountains. My glory reflects from the mountains or through the mountains, but I, God, my face is not the mountains. And once a Catholic hits that, Our Lady, of course, was perpetually in the unitive face, being perfect, uh, at least in my opinion, uh, was perpetually in the unitive face. You're then able to constantly look through God's glasses, in a sense, uh, at the world around you. You're able to engage in authentic charity, which ties in with what we were talking about earlier, this idea of loving somebody perfectly in every single aspect of how you go about your day. And so when you pour all of those things in together, you have to force yourself to be in peace. You have to be in peace. Even when our Lord was fashioned the whip and was whipping all of the uh, all of the um, uh, the vendors, for lack of a better term, out of the temple. I guarantee you, he had an inner peace. He always was in control, and he always understood what was most important. And he was so 
ma- he mastered his will or his emotions so well that he was able to then allow them to come out in a manner that was perfectly ordered, if that makes sense. So you have to strive for that. That's, that's the only way that you'll be able to make it uh, you know, working in this type of, type of work is if you're constantly gunning for an inner peace, because even the worst guys, they deserve salvation too. God wills that they be saved as well. It doesn't matter who you are. Jeffrey Dahmer, he, God willed he be saved. Now, is he? I don't know. I'm not God. Were his chances great? No, <laughs> but God still willed it that wills willed that he be saved. Yeah, I think anytime for all of us, right? We're in the midst of all the crazy stuff, even if we're not reporting it or, you know, sharing it on the TV necessarily. Like if you're not actively trying for that inner peace, um, you know, I've been I've been married for a little bit over a year now. Congrats, and, by the uh, way. I saw that. I was like, no. yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I met her at in high school so like it's been a long journey already but this first year man it's like you realize that you know joy is has nothing to do with like the environment you know this is the third state we lived in within this first year of marriage right we started out at home in california went back to steubenville for a semester and then we came to arizona and it's just like man joy has nothing to do with your surrounding environment has nothing to do with things are going right or not it's like literally in here understanding your deeper purpose your why and essentially your identity your true identity Right. So I think that's, you know, amazing advice for all of us. Mm-hmm. No, that's said. That's the best way to say it. You know, you can be, you can be having yourself torn limb from limb in the Coliseum, but the only way that you're going to obtain that martyrdom is that successful martyrdom, that crown of martyrdom is if inside your soul is actually at rest in Christ. It's the only way. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to, let's go to resistance. Let's talk a little bit about it. Um, you know, I just kind of recently seen you, I, I've kind of known for a little bit that you're working with Church Militant, uh, which is always cool to see people that you like know, you know, doing cool yeah. stuff. Um, and then this sort of resistance stuff's happening. It looks like you're taking on a lot of things. I think you were, you know, did some sort of talk with Pat Coffin and all this stuff. You're headlining some of these things. So what's what sort of resistance? I know you kind of explained it a little bit, but what's, you know, what's the goal? And maybe a little more like tangibly, what do you guys do? Yeah. Uh, in a nutshell, resistance is Church Milton's grassroots campaign to affect change. That's it. Our motto is restoring Christendom one soul at a time. Restoring Christendom, you know, having a social kingship of Christ where everybody believes and submits to him and his will and his teachings. That's really hard to do, but it's very easier. It's much easier. It's doable to handle one soul at a time. So you think like restoring Christendom, that's impossible, but you can do one soul at a time. So logically, over a long period, over years and years and years, you would get to restoring Christmas. So that's our motto. And that's why we always, we, that, and I think that, 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 that beautiful dichotomy that almost makes it seem impossible to obtain, but the stepping stones are so easy, uh, it is really fitting because uh, you know, what, what's happening in resistance is it's dependent on, on the chapter. So we've got a Los Angeles, California chapter. We have a Phoenix chapter. You know, Carrie Lake is running for governor in, uh, in, in Arizona. So why wouldn't resistance members want to have a solid uh, governor uh, in their state? Why wouldn't that be their number one priority when she's getting blasted by the media right now? But you know, you're never going to get rid of a Gavin Newsom type in California. So let's focus more on the church. Let's focus more on the local parishes, Detroit, New Hampshire, Boston. It just depends on where you are that uh, the situation, the environment will uh, will dictate to the chapter what what should be done 
you know, it's local battles. And when you have all of these little local battles happening concurrently throughout the country, um, all of a sudden you have quite the force to be reckoned with. Like, oh my gosh, you, you, you look at the hierarchy, for example, um, because that's definitely where we put most of our focus is in the church because that's the most important thing. Uh, you know, if, if you have, if you have a, a, a bishop in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts, take uh, Bishop Rosansky, for example, if there was a resistance giving him push in when he was bishop in Springfield, Massachusetts, and then he then he finally gets uh, told by Pope Francis, "You get to go somewhere else," and he's like, "Yes, I get to get away from these crazy Catholics that are always holding my feet to the fire." Well, once you go plop into St. Louis as the Archbishop, guess what, brother? We're still there, and so it's it's this idea of like we're not going anywhere. And by the way, Bishop or Governor or Senator or School Board. Uh, member or county supervisor, uh, we want you to change your mind. You are you don't have to be the person we're fighting against. Uh, you can be the person we're fighting for. One of the people we're fighting for. So it's it's local battles it's throughout the country. If people want to sign up, uh, you can go to cmresistance.com. Cm as in church militant resistance.com. There's a join tab at the top, and we are in every single diocese throughout the country. Wow. Okay. You know I like that because. One of the things, the way the church describes sort of why we're against, let's say, you know, socialism, why it's condemned as evil and uh, a principle such as subsidiarity. It, a lot of times when, you know, especially us in our generations, mostly responsible for these crazy takes um, and you want to put your personal responsibility on the government, take care of your neighbor. And uh, that in itself is an evil. And you're kind of, I don't know, delegating what's rightfully your responsibility take care of those next to you so i like the localized sort of take um just out of my own curiosity and then we can move on what is like a something like an example obviously i'm in the phoenix area phoenix diocese so like Mm -hmm. you have an example of something that they've done because i'm just curious myself oh man well it depends on when this is getting released but i guess it's uh it's uh it's better it you know more publicity if it's not out yet it will be uh Phoenix, Arizona is actually a resistance is putting together a website called uh, uh, Bishop Dolan watch.com or no, I'm sorry, not Bishop Dolan watch uh, Phoenix diocese watch.com. And it's going to talk about your new Bishop and all of the things that he was involved in and associated with when he was out. And I believe in San Diego, I think that's where he was with Cardinal McElroy. Now Cardinal McElroy, who was involved in the cover up and the, uh, trying to you know hush hush a satanic ritual uh, performed by a priest uh, so he's coming from a great place uh, um, obviously I say that sarcastically um, so you know that's something that uh, resistance is uh, putting together down in Phoenix it's Phoenix Diocese watch and it's going to uh, just let Bishop Dolan the new bishop know that uh, they've got his number and they know what's going on uh, St. Louis uh, 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 Bishop Rosan- Archbishop Rosansky, right when he first started, it was about the George Floyd time. So they, they started doing the BLM movements and all this, this crazy, crazy stuff, uh, Marxist stuff. Uh, um, the uh, Archbishop Rosansky tried putting together essentially like this diversity and inclusion committee. And it, you could see right through it, you know, what, what they're trying to push. It had nothing to do with authentic diversity and anything. And resistance was able to hold his feet to the fire and apply the pressure, make phone calls, say, why do you have these crazy radicals on this board? Why are you talking about bringing all of this to the schools? And they canceled it. 
Um, Father mm-hmm. James Martin got canceled from speaking uh, at, at a retreat during Lent in Austin, Texas, virtually, but he was still canceled. Um, uh, we have seen successes in stopping proposed legislation in Maryland, House Bill 1171. It's essentially what's going on in uh, Michigan right now, this uh, Reproductive Freedom for All initiative, it, where 1171 in, in Maryland was uh, it was allowing the language for the proposed constitutional amendment was anybody could kill their child at any time in pregnancy. It doesn't matter if you were 12 or if you were 32 and if your baby was six weeks old in your belly, or if your baby was nine months coming down the birth canal, that baby had a chance of being slaughtered and doctors were going to be able to do it. And resistance was very involved in seeing that that never made it out of the legislative session in 2022. So we will do things that are, you know, within the ecclesiastical realm and we will do things that are within the political realm. And I think that, you know, this is something that I think is obvious. You, you cannot separate church and state like the like they want you to believe, like the common rhetoric is, you know, people reference the uh, Jefferson letters to that Baptist church, um, which is unbelievably taken out of context. Uh, but this idea that, oh, well, let's just focus on Catholicism, but stay out of politics. No, that's how the world burns. That's how the world literally catches on fire. And we're watching the fruits of that happen right now. I'm personally opposed, but get out of here. Yeah, 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 no, exactly. Yeah, that's that's interesting about our, uh, our new bishop. Obviously, um, people of Phoenix are sad about Bishop Olmsted leaving. Oh, yeah. His first first order of business that we got. So this is enlightening. Um, I'm sure my dad's like, why are you even talking about this? But <laughs> they're already moving. I mean, I personally attend an FSSP parish, so like we don't really have to worry about that. But uh, there's another parish I like to go to during the weekdays. But they're like, hey, can't do Latin mass there. You guys got to find somewhere else. So they're trying to find like a high school where they can do it. So nobody essentially but... FSSP and I think Phoenix has one SSPX church. I'm not saying anything. I'm not, not saying Can't go there. Just Can't saying go. though. Just saying they have there's one there. So that's basically your only Latin mass. Um well they'll they'll have one. But anyways, it's just interesting how that happens. Like immediately. It's the first thing. That's the first taste we get of you after we have Bishop Alm said. Mm-hmm. Weird. Anyways, we don't gotta get into that. Um all right. So dealing with resistance, me and you were talking about sort of discussing young men as we both are, um, and sort of the need for that. And let me set it up in this way, right? So I talked to you about Andrew Tate, you know, a little bit about him. I've listened to him. I mean, not anything crazy, maybe a healthy dose. Um, and people who are watching this probably heard of him at this point, right? This guy's been canceled to the point where even Uber was canceling his account or Gmail was deleting his account. Uh, it was insane. And he talks a lot about the matrix. Anyway, it's not that important. The point is, is, these people like Jordan Peterson, Andrew Tate, saying similar stuff, right? So Andrew Tate is pegged as this misogynist, and Jordan Peterson had you know every name of the book as well. But I think essentially what they're saying is, in one way or another, is like take responsibility for your life, and that's something that like young men just haven't been told for a long time, right? And it's the overused example of Bart Simpson or Peter and Family Guy, like all this stuff, right? It's always this stuff of look at these like lame dads and what they've been, which I think is true. There's something to that. that We've been kind of brainwashed as these idiot losers just sit on, you know, couch potatoes and all that kind of stuff. And so I always find it interesting that these like phenomenons blow up these Andrew Tates, these Jordan Petersons, because it's not like they're saying something revolutionary. Um, The thing is that it catches so much attention that the media and the left has, they forced their hand into being like, okay, what do we have to do? This, this guy's getting way too big. And he's telling people, you know, things they don't want to hear, which is like, 
just non emasculating stuff event essentially is just not cutting people's nuts off and stuff like right. that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just shoving them full of estrogen and being like, all right. Yeah. And, 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 and Andrew Tate even says like, they're going to try to take me off and then they're going to shove James Charles in your face. And like, that should worry everybody, you know, like the fact that Lil Nas X is doing what he does on a devil in a music video and it's all good, man. I mean, not a peep from, from anybody there's no out, you know, outrage from anybody. But then Andrew Tate says, you know what I mean? Whatever he says about sports cars and getting rich and whatever it may be and going to the gym. And then all of a sudden we got to take this guy off. So that's a long way to say, how do we address, how do we address the youth? Because I know it's not really simple. I'm thinking about it in our perspective, right? As how do we share? Yeah, you can take responsibility for your life, but your value isn't in the dollars that you make. Um, the way that you take responsibility is hopefully that's a means to an end of virtue. It's not a means to an end of now you can lift 385 twice it's not a means to like now you can just beat anyone up which is a lot of the message that they're getting from the andrew tates right um or jordan peterson simple like make your bed so it's hard because how can we appeal to people that are never going to come and become catholic or we're never going to come across the catholic content and do both right how do we tell them take responsibility for your life but what you really want isn't the cars and the girls what you really want is virtue what you really want is this sort of deeper meaning Oh man, dude. Talk about a loaded question as we finish up. Uh, you know, I think that obviously Andrew Tate has said some things that are like really edgy. You know, I think that there's, there's a place for edgy comments and edgy things. And what is, you know, what's, what's newsworthy news, what, what's constituted as newsworthy first off, you know, with the Andrew Tate thing, things that people recognize or feel uh, disrupt their daily life. You know, I'm not going to care really about the news of, you know, of, I don't know, like real, frankly, I mean, as a Catholic, I would, but if I'm living in Michigan and I hear about one singular house burning down in Florida, I don't care. You know, I, I just, as a news thing, that's not affecting my life. But if all of a sudden I found out that there is a house fire right down the street from me, that's going to more affect my life. And that's what constitutes it as newsworthy with Andrew Tate. It's some of these edgy con- uh, comments. Um, and I haven't heard much uh, about him. So I would have to, I'd only be able to speak to principle, but uh, on it more than anything, you know, these like edgy comments towards about like women, you know, here's an edgy comment for you considered by the culture. I believe in the patriarchy, the Catholic church, the Catholic church teaches a patriarchy. Men have headship over the family, but they also serve their wives or they also love their li- their wives like Christ loved the church. Therefore they die for their wives. They sacrifice. There's this beautiful mystery within marriage and the relationship there. But edgy take, husbands lead their wives and their family, the patriarchy. I mean, that the, the left will consider that to be edgy. But when it comes to like young, young people, there's this idea of like, okay, how do I meet you where you're at? Meet you where you're at. I know that's kind of like a campy term, but then how, but how do I bring you out of it? And this is one reason I personally am, uh, you know, thankful that uh, you know my my life has gone as it does. Obviously, you re- you regret this sin, but I hope you understand what I'm trying to say when I say that because I can look at somebody and say, "Yeah, dude, I've been there, I get it." And it's what's cool today with like your modern secular, non-Catholic, non-religious guy or youth. Well, you're getting laid. Uh, sorry for the crude term. You're getting laid. You're you're able to wheel and deal. You're all the girls want you. You make money. You're funny. You're at all the parties. You can drink like an animal. 
and uh, you, you're you're not afraid to go, you know, and rave it up and do every drug under the sun. You know, that that's kind of the cool thing. And uh, you you don't really work heavily, and uh, it's it's just it's it's lazy bones, and you're able you are able to get the immediate satisfaction and gratification that everybody else wishes they could. That's what makes you cool today. I think that's the best way that you could, that, that I've ever been able to sum it up. You, you are the example of what people wish they had for themselves when they're under the control of their concupiscence, wanting to uh, you know, satisfy their desires immediately. And that's just not cool because it's, going, it's an offense against God. It's offense against... Uh, it's, it's offense against morality. It's not going to do anything, uh, you know, for, for bettering that person that you're trying to reach out to. And it's not going to better your soul. It's not going to better the chance of anybody getting to heaven. So how do you, how do you balance that? And I think that the first acceptance that a person needs to make uh, is you're not going to have a lot of friends. Like if you're going to be Catholic and you want to embrace the culture at first, you're just not going to have a lot of friends. Because they're gonna, they're going to abandon you if you don't continue to partake in their sinful lifestyles, and if they continue to reject your calling them on to be like better, you know that that's that's the first step. But then what comes to that? What comes to that? Well, uh, all of a sudden you're able to find a solid, better group of friends. You're starting to be more genuinely happy, and I think that's something that everybody's really tra- attracted to. It, when when a person has genuine joy. And, you know, they don't care what other people think about them. They just embrace who they are, what they believe and what they love without shame. That's attractive to anybody. It's attractive to the guy that is the idea of cool within the world. Even he likes that because the idea of cool also obeys to what the social norms and the world dictates. Whereas authentic attraction happens when you see somebody who's virtuous, who's somebody who has mastery over themselves and who's charitable who has that ability to love you like God loves you, but in real time, tangibly. You know what I mean? I think that that's, it's something to be said. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, worth, it's worth mentioning. You're not going to have a lot of friends, but over time, you, your sanctity, your growth and sanctity will be attractive to everybody in some way, shape, or form. Whether or not they fully embrace it, well, that's up to them. Chances are a majority of them won't, but you have to be able to talk normally and casually and but also hold people on to get to the point of talking to virtue and talking to the supernatural and talking to theology and politics. You know, not everything is going to be this dumbing down of just, you know, Minecraft or Fortnite or whatever, whatever else, you know, your fantasy draft. It's cool. Recreation is necessary and in moderation, but you have to pull the scales off of their eyes. Like, dude, I'm sorry that you don't like what I'm about, but you know, if you if you respect me, you appreciate what I'm doing and you want to find authentic joy, this is how you do it. You have to rewire your brain of the world youth. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. You have to rewire your brain to understand what is necessary for you to be truly happy. You just have to. It's just all about this idea of discomfort and, and sacrifice and suffering, like in the steadfastness to, to, to really master yourself. And that just comes by picking up the cross daily. I, uh, I don't know. I'm rambling. No, no, I, I agree. I, I think the last point's the, the most important one, because there's a lot of things Andrew Tate says. So he just, I was telling you, but he had this interview with Patrick, Bad David just came out yesterday. It's already at over 1.5 million views crazy. in a day, five hours long. I actually was able to listen to two hours of it just because I wanted to gain some more perspective and then kind of point some stuff for this podcast, even but, you know, he says a lot of great things. One, like mastering your emotions. 
and things like that. And it's really, like I said, it's about taking responsibility for your life, right? To start things while like going to the gym. And what he's saying is like, essentially, so I much need to like go. aestheticism. <laughs> look at my look at this. I need to go. <laughs> I mean, all he's saying is like, start doing things you don't want to do. That's it, right? It's about take, it's like picking up your cross. The same thing that Jordan Peterson says. It's like the same message of like, do things that you don't want to do. It's going to make you better for it. And so, and that's what I find so fascinating is that that's all they're saying. It's the same thing with like, you know, they always compare a, a Russian army commercial versus like our transgenders or whatever that we got going on for the army. And it's just, it's right. just this idea that like we're meant for that and all men know how to do it. I recently started getting into Muay Thai recently, like um, last couple of months, right? Oh, sick. And I'm just a basketball guy, right? So like, you know, the most real like wrestling I have is when some old dude's trying to post me up because I'm five, six. <laughs> you know what I mean, well, it's just, it's still right. You know, we're really wrestling. You know what I mean? It's, it's real physical, but it's something I haven't got into, but you could start to feel that, like, I hate to put it this way, but like that carnal desire you have as a man, right? Like the, that you can kind of like tap into the idea. That's when I watch UFC, I always tapped in the idea. Like, yeah, we used to hunt our food. You know what I mean? Like that's what we used to do. We didn't go to sprouts and, and whole foods for it. Like we used to do that. And so I think this small message kind of taps into that for men. Cause that's what we need so much. And that was the point they're saying, why is Andrew Tate so popular? Cause you got to figure it out. Right. And we're not trying to make him a saint in the same way that like, you know, um, we had a podcast called why Milo matters. I love Milo. No, oh, Milo. I think what, I think what we got to figure out is like, what are they saying? And why are people, why are these two individuals specifically getting canceled so harsh? Right. It's got to, there's something there that the media doesn't want you to listen to. It's reason. And, it's yeah. reason. It's just yeah. reasonable. Yeah, that, that's it. They'd rather just ha have a, a picture perfect world for, you know, for the global elites, the George Soros types, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab types. Are the, are, is this idea of you see like two obese parents and, you know, four kids and they all have uh, Apple iPads at, while they're out to dinner, just getting all hopped up on sugar and fast food and things are just absolutely garbage for you. That's their ideal because what does that turn you into? It turns you into automatons, automatons of the state. You become reliant on them for healthcare. You become reliant on them for your information. You can't think for yourself anymore. And once you have people that disrupt the disruptors of the rhetoric, that's attractive to people that are starting to get bored and tired of it. You know, that's my take. But it's the, the, the people in general always want to find some adherence of truth. They always do, whether it's right or wrong, but you're always wanting to find purpose, meaning understanding what's going on. What's your reality? How do I navigate the world? How do I have a very successful and very meaningful life? Well, the truth, truth is, uh, the truth, truth is that that's Jesus Christ. You mentioned Ben Shapiro and Steven Crowder, really intelligent guys, but you know what? I, as of right now, Ben Shapiro, very intelligent, but he's not intelligent enough to accept that Jesus Christ is his savior. He's not. And same thing with Steven Crowder, intelligent guy. He accepts Jesus Christ as a savior, but he doesn't accept Jesus Christ as he really is. He accepts some watered down Protestant version of Jesus Christ. Prager, Dennis Prager, smart guy, created a wonderful conservative empire, but they're not smart enough to accept Jesus Christ as their savior right now. And so that's what you, they, they start bleeding in. That's why you're never going to see Dennis Prager or Ben Shapiro be like, oh man, they're canceled because they toe the line because they don't fully adhere to the truth. When you fully adhere to the truth, you're going to face more cancellations because you're going to start hitting the mainstream narrative where it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. So my hair got red. I got so fired up there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. And I would just say like, you know, let's pretend for a second that people that also listen to Andrew Tate had listened to this podcast right here, uh, a fun little 
drill right there. Um, I think the point is, is what, what these guys are telling you are just a piece of it, right? Like I, I, what I don't like about what Andrew Tate says, cause it's like, he actually says a lot of things that everyone else says. Like you listen to rap and I, I'm like, well, I listen to rap and he, they're all saying the same thing. So whatever you call him as misogyny that they've been saying this whole time and you guys put him on a platform, right? So yes. they're actually all saying the same thing. And what he's saying is that like, you know, you can pick up yourself by the bootstraps and you could be a millionaire. You could have the girls, you can have this. And then acting like the only people that kill themselves are obese people. Uh, not quite. You know what I mean? Last time I checked, you know, Robin Williams probably had anything, everything that he wanted to have, you know? Um, so I think it's like, these people got to understand that what you're searching for, even in the gym, like those good things that you're doing, that self-denial, what you need to do is point that towards the cross. Cause that's where you're only going to find meaning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, you're almost there, but I appreciate that people are having the conversation. Cause you know, I, Unfortunately, not a lot of people are going to listen to you know us in this interview, but a hell of a lot of people are. Hey, going they to might. Meditate. They, they might. might. They Chop might. Up one day, you never exactly, know. Exactly right. Awesome exactly legends. Right. One day, one day they'll look back and be like, "Dude, Nico and Joe Gallagher were at Francisco at the same time. What a legendary time to be there." You know, <laughs> really. <well. laughs> so and uh, Kyle Albert. Yeah, exactly. And Kyle and there's you know we can name a, a whole ton. Um, but okay, as we wrap up, I'll give you I'll give you one last little thing uh, to kind of to chew on a little bit is, you know, I always like to end with some advice. I think this one's really good too, just because of kind of where you're at with church militant kind of being in the thick of things. And then also like as a, this as a resistance being this sort of grassroots um, sort of initiative. And it's so hard to know, like, how do we move forward in a lot of ways? You know, it's like when all we see is confusion, we're a bunch of orphans in the church a lot of the times. And, you know, this person says something, right? You know, I'm sure at one point we all listened to both Taylor Marshall and Bishop Brand at the same time. Now we can't. It's too much beef going on with these people, right? So it's constant confusion or just for the regular person. It's just like, what do I do when all I see is I scroll through and it's just tranny this and girls dancing here. And you know what I mean? It's just constant state. How do we sort of move forward, especially to young men? But I mean, for everybody, when you're in the midst of the chaos, as someone who is, you know, reporting the chaos and all that kind of stuff, how do we move forward? Oh man, dude. Jeez Louise. How do you move forward? Well, you know, all those things when you consider like the, the Baron slash Taylor Marshall B for, uh, you know, you're looking at, you know, that world ablaze, you know, church militant. Some of what Bishop Barron says is solidly Catholic. Uh, some of what Taylor Marshall says is solidly Catholic. You know, I'm not saying that to scale. Maybe it's a majority. I don't know. I don't listen to them that much yeah. or, or really at all. Uh, church militant, I believe, because I work here, we, everything that we say is beholden to the magisterium. I'm sure the same is uh, for you as you do world ablaze. You know, the first thing that I would say is, you know, world ablaze, church militant, World on fire, word on fire, excuse me, uh, with Bishop Barron, Dr. Taylor Marshall, LifeSite News, The Remnant, Matt Frad, boom, 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 boom. All of those Catholic media outlets, they're not Catholicism. They're not the faith. They're channels through which the faith can be relayed to the masses, thanks to modern media, but they're not the faith. And depending on, on the outlet, they relay the faith well or not too well. Uh, so my, the first thing I would say is that a person's faith is their own. I've had the pleasure of, of knowing Mike for 16 years, but Michael, For, Michael Voris, uh, you know, he, he's not my Catholicism. His belief system is not it. 
his belief system as far as it adheres to the Catholic faith, which I believe he does believe it wholly, of course, um, is is the case. You know, the faith is its own thing, and it gets very dangerous for people to start getting their source of that faith from others. Uh, you know, it, it's all about an intimate relationship. A lot of you know, Protestants are like, oh, have you had your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Like, well, there's an intimacy there. You know, there's this idea of like master and friend and this deep love. And you're only going to find that by diving into your interior life, by diving into the self-mastery. Uh, you know, frankly, you know, you know uh, 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 what's, what's the mortifications of the flesh, fasting, and put a rock in your shoe, say an extra rosary. If you have an itch, don't scratch it. Find ways to master yourself because especially with young men, effeminate men, do not have control of themselves. That's an effeminate man. If you do not have control of your emotions, of your temptations, and you allow the disorders to dominate your life, and if they do in one part, that's going to bleed over eventually into the rest of your life and you're going to crash and burn. If you are not doing things that help you master yourself and take it from a guy who did not master himself well at all until he, it was almost too late uh, with my daughter, uh, uh, you have to constantly be working at it every single day. That's the only way that you're going to get it. And it's going to be very difficult. You're going to lose friends. It's going to hurt. You're going to have some sleepless nights. You're not going to be able to enjoy Fridays because you're giving up meat. You're going to be uncomfortable, but this world is not our home. As our, as the little flower says, you know, it's the, the world is thy ship, not thy home. And when you actually believe what happened on the cross, that there is life after death, that there is this ability to live beyond just what we see here for 80 years. Uh, How liberating is that? How liberating is that? So I just have to say, cling to the cross, really embrace it and understand that nothing is off the table, even your life when it comes to being a practicing Catholic. I would say, say, yeah, exactly. Perfectly said. I would say too, one of the things that always sticks out with me that Father Ripperger said was like, you have to challenge yourself even in the way that like for some people, holy hour is the easiest thing in the world to do. Mm-hmm. And what would be almost, I'm going to be very careful when I say this. Um, not that that's not a, an amazing thing to do, but sometimes the better thing to do is to like, let's say uh, something that really pisses you off. I don't know. Right. Like go babysit your niece, like something that you just the last thing in the world you want to do. That can be exactly what you're called to in that moment. Totally. And, um, I don't, I, I would just, yeah, kind of challenge people to do that, right? Like, it's not only, like, sometimes it's just actually doing things that piss you off, doing the things that are the hardest things to do that are so minute and annoying. Maybe that's what he's calling you to, and it's not necessarily three extra rosaries or whatever, or, like, maybe it's going to join a combat sport because he makes you really uncomfortable and your shins hurt every day. Like, maybe yeah. that's something. Like, you know, I mean, that's that helps a lot. There's so many different things. But, no, I I couldn't agree more. Um, I appreciate your time, dude, and the conversation. I mean, it's 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 late over on the Eastern time, um, but I had a blast, man. Um, I'm going to put everything all the way to reach Church Militant, Resistance, Instagram, website, all the kind of stuff that'll be down below um, your at and everything like that. Um, is there anything else you want to share? Maybe anything about whatever? No, dude, thanks. Thanks for having me on, uh, for giving you know, Church Militant and Resistance a platform, appealing to young men. Uh, you know, young people in general. And yeah, God bless you and the work that you're doing. It's really refreshing to see some other people that are, you know, frankly, sub 30 
trying to get out there and make a change and appeal yeah. to other people who are sub 30, because if, if our generation isn't helped saved by its fellow members of that generation, we're, we're screwed. Like yeah. we're done for, and yeah. it's going to be a really big battle. I think the last thing that I would say is like Padre Pio, St. Francis of Assisi, you know, they, they, they talked about that the world is going to get worse before, uh, obviously, you know, the end of it where everything gets better. Uh, and because the world is going to get worse than when they were alive, the greatest saints will come of it. So for people that are downtrodden and they don't really have a lot of hope, just know that according to some of the greatest saints in church history, the greatest saints in overall church history have yet to come. So we should all strive to be those greatest saints. Mm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about this too a little bit. Uh, what I was thinking about interviewing you, I'm like, just, I mean, this is the best way possible. On no, a this level, I imagine that nobody was like, yeah, Miko, you know, Miko Sablon and Joe Gallagher are going to be leading us in the Catholic. <laughs> it's like the two figures. <laughs> giving, some, I mean, giving some comments on it. Like you, you, I'm sure there's some people that are just like, you know, when you're at Francisco and you're thinking like, dude, those dudes are holy, man. And it's like that. Our circles, you're not saying that about our circles generally. No. So it's just funny to see that. But like I said, dude, it's been awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, guys, go check him out. Go support. Subscribe. Like all that good stuff and annoying stuff that people say. Um, you know, share, whatever. Let's just keep doing it. Let's keep on keeping on. Let's fight the good fight. Um, start locally. That's a good one to do, man. I mean, we haven't kind of preached that too much, but start where you're at, man, in your own family, in your own community, with your own friends. That's how you change things. Not everyone's going to hop on a podcast. Not everyone's going to lead the resistance, but you have more power than a lot of times we do. So with that, guys, until next one, um, we'll see you, I guess. God's peace. God bless. Thanks, man. Bye.